Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we talk tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about rewarding your players and special incentives that you can give to help your players be motivated to come back and give a bit more to the game. Here in the studio today, my name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show today. With me is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM. And Ed. Ooh, coins. Cha-ching. Well, coins are one of several things we'll be talking about on different ways to reward your players. Today's topic about giving them what they deserve and not in a mean, malicious, antagonistic DM way, but rather ways to reward your players, not only to reward behavior, but also to keep them coming back, keep them engaged, and help have them Help them have fun. Help them advance. So we're going to start with the most fundamental, most obvious, the one that jumps out first for me, at least, when it comes to rewarding. And that is, let's talk first about XP, experience points. Wow, I was totally thinking money. (laughs) (laughs) I completely understand where... It's because I started off with coins. (laughs) Yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from, thinking that... In general, when you think reward, the first thing that you yeah. that you may think of is monetary reward. But I, from a DM perspective, the first reward I think of is XP. Oh, yeah. No, you're totally right. Because oh, that, yeah. that, that pumps into your players, that gets them leveled, that gets them more power. Oh, and yeah. it's something that they may not get a reward. You know, Spider-Man goes out and beats the bad guys, but doesn't get glory or fame or money for it. But if it were a game, Spider-Man still gets the XP. If you're really if you're playing like a good paladin or a cleric or something, the old school ways, and you're giving most of your money away anyway, right? So, right, and I, th- I think you can use XP, uh, XP experience points, uh, a couple of different ways to to engage your players and to help kind of shape the game. Um, I know recently. In 5th edition, there's been a shift uh, towards milestone leveling, which is rather than handing out experience points and once you get enough experience, you go up to the next level. Instead of tracking experience, the the DM simply states, okay, and now you've reached a milestone. Everyone advances to the next level. Right. Yeah, I've done that in a game. Uh, I actually had this very... um uh, sort of a big game. It's uh, like an eight hours, but only like once a month. And at one point I had to restart fresh. So we started with a bunch of first level characters because most of the players hadn't played the system. And that was, this was fifth edition. I said, okay, you guys are part of this, you know, army that's going to be storming this tower against this, you know, uber powerful mage. You guys aren't expected to go up against him, but you're going to help clear the tower out. So I had them, you know, I had to be first level and I had to go through, you know, two, three, you know, low level fights. You know, I think I use like uh, animated armor or something like that against them. I thought that'd be fun to throw against them. I'm like, all right, well, it's been two or three fights. You guys are level one because this is a game that was going to go on for eight hours. And I did want them to sort of accelerate through, but I also wanted them to get the grasp of the level they were on at that time. Do you mean you went through two or three fights? You guys are now level two. Yep. 
two, three fights. I, I, I brought them up to, I, I apologize. I said level one. I said level one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So they started, no, they started at level one. I brought them up to level two. So now they were able to, you know, get the more hit points, get their new abilities, that sort of thing. And basically did the same thing. I got, them, you know, a couple more, you know, harder fights, that sort of thing. And then bumped them up to level three. So that way, by the end of the f- first session, they were level three. They knew all of their abilities and what they were doing. And it was an eight hour session anyway. So why not? You know, and and it was because of the way I had planned the intro, it was a fairly combat inclusive session anyway. So sure, why not reward them with a bunch of XP? They didn't get any treasure, but they did get a bunch of XP. Yeah, I mean, especially in fifth edition, that's a nice way to kind of like push them through because it's not until second or third level for some classes till they fully evolve into themselves. Like you know, you know, the the, the fighter class and them aren't choosing their sub um, class like champion or whatever until third level. Right. So you're really not coming into your own until second or third level. I've seen it actually compared to a video game where levels one to three are essentially your tutorial. Mm-hmm. Okay, learn yeah. how to move your character. Here's how to roll a skill check. Here's how to fight. Here's how hit points work here's how rests work and now you start making some decisions and now once you pass level three okay you have your character you've chosen your path you know how to play the game let's go out and have some fun exactly yeah well it used to always be like like level zero characters which don't even really exist in fifth edition anymore even for npcs i'm pretty sure everyone's at least level one or you know cr one quarter or whatever but um it used to be only like your level zero characters were like the apprentices, you know what I mean? Like they were the squires and the apprentices. And now it's pretty much like level one characters are the, the squires and the apprentices, you know, you know, you, you don't level one is not already a hero. You're like, you're growing into hero status, you know, levels one through like five, you know what I mean? CR zero is like rats and right. Yeah. Goblins. One hit, one hit point things. Even goblins, I think are like one quarter or one. Yeah. Third. Goblins aren't zero. No, yeah. goblins, goblins are one eighth. I said commoners. Those are zeros. Oh, yeah. 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 Commoners. Yeah. Yeah, anything that has one hit point, basically. I love that commoners are less deadly than a cat. It's <laughs> amazing. Cats got claws. Yeah, they, <laughs> they can see in the dark, man. They're scary. <laughs> uh, so the, the milestone uh, is also useful for keeping your party together. Yeah, right. So everybody stays at the same level. Everybody levels up at the same time. I often will do that either at the end of a session or the beginning of the session. Actually, with my game group, it's often been both. So at the end of the session, I'll say, okay, and now everybody is level five, for example, at the end of last session. And we came in to play again. I'm like, so did you guys level your guys up to five? Oh, no, we didn't do that. Okay, well, let's do that before we get started. Yeah, that happens a lot when you do it at the end. I try to do it at the end because that way we're all still here. Because usually people hang out for a little bit before they leave. They can, you know, work on it at the table, ask me any questions they have. If I do it at the beginning, then in theory, that's cutting into playtime. But a lot of times, like you said, you do it at the end and then they didn't finish doing it from the last time. So you still spend a couple minutes to finish it up before you start the next session. And I'm running, I'm actually running my game in a format that is actually copying what Ed was doing because Ed was doing it first. And I brought this up to work with the group where we're meeting only once a month, but we're playing for five, six, seven hours. So by the time you get to the end, people are like, okay, we're kind of ready to be done with D&D for a few weeks. For a month, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if you're only going to play once a month, it should be worth the time. So you don't want a three-hour session. So systems like D&D... Um, even Palladium, uh, Rifts, um, they have clear-cut experience tables. Even like uh, A World of Darkness has experience tables. I guess there are probably some systems out there that maybe aren't as clear-cut. Uh, I'm not really sure. I haven't seen a lot of a lot of those. I know I've 
played in GURPS, and I know it's point-based, but I'm pretty sure that there was probably a table for experience there anyway. There's yeah. always got pretty much every system has some sort of table or guideline. Warhammer, but, Deadlands. I would say you certainly want to go with whatever the table really says. Um, but I would think you also want to make sure you adjust things correctly. So like if your group, so first of all, ad hoc experience, things that aren't necessarily defined as you get X amount of experience because you defeated this goblin, you know, maybe they solved a puzzle or uh, uh, some sort of shouldn't just be mis- mystery yeah. crime or it should be for overcoming thing. obstacles and solving situations yeah. and, and, and a variety of things. And I think you want to make it the sort of equivalent of what the group would get if they had done like a combat session, because you don't want to say, well, yeah, okay. You, the, one of the rewards you get for solving the mystery was solving the mystery. Yay. No, you want to give them an actual reward and say, hey, if you stop and think things through and are as calculating as you were and that sort of thing, then you're going to still get good XP. Um, I know like uh, there was a, a mystery game I ran in the first like session or two. I didn't give him as much XP because in my head, I'm like, well, I didn't do any combat. And I realized, no, that's wrong. Yeah, I no. did that wrong. Yeah, that's, so yeah. the next session, I piled it on. I think that getting into the overall topic of rewarding players, yeah. you're going to, and it's great that you recognize that because if you give XP for combat, your players are going to try to fight everything. Yes. You giving the XP and giving other rewards is going to reward behavior, and they're going to do that behavior that you reward, which is why yeah. I, I love giving out extra XP when I'm running World of Darkness for role-playing and for doing something really innovative and creative and for making the table laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a wonderful session with somebody trying to uh, break into the Museum of Natural History and it was absolutely hilarious that he the way that he was doing it and it's still a running joke among that game group today and this was years and years ago but he got extra XP because it was just so amusing and everybody was having fun. Right. And that's what you want the game to be. Mm-hmm. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's amusing. So you do stuff to further those goals. I'm going to give you in-game rewards for it. Yeah. You want to think about rewarding, you know, uh, people who help make things fun or help make things run smoothly. Uh, you know, um, you know, that's sort of there's all kinds of little rewards that you can give people. Or it doesn't always have to be big XP. Sometimes it can be, you know. 25 or 50 here or there, but just say, hey, you know, I liked that. Here's here's 100 XP. That's one of the things I loved about doing it in the World of Darkness is because you can go have an extra, have one experience. Yeah. And in the World of Darkness, that means something. In the White Wolf system, one experience does something, and it's easy to just dole out one experience, one experience. Yeah, I, um, on the concept of pure rewards you, and you're using XP, you know, because, I mean, a lot of this is granting XP for, you know, playing the game, which is kind of like the norm but you know like obviously rewarding extra xp for going above and beyond awesome um what i had done in one of my games was i actually awarded xp for writing background stories and doing extra rps or role-playing you know uh, write-ups and stuff like that so if you posted on you know because we had the boards for you know for veras so if you posted on the boards you wrote like another you know I wanted everyone to have backstory. I, I gave everyone, you know, bonus experience based on their backstory. But on top of that, they could write like little bonus stories. Like this is another thing that happened to my dude. Or during this downtime that we had between these sessions, there was like a two or three month gap. These are some things that, you know, my character had done, you know, just basically any kind of like story that helped develop your character, helped develop the world, helped develop the group. 
I would give bonus experience for. And I mean, it wasn't level shattering experience. I wasn't giving out thousands upon thousands of XP, but I mean, it was a few hundred XP here and there, which added up. So like there were people in the party that were, you know, a half a level ahead of other people. You know what I mean? There, you know, the, the level system started to, to shift around. So it was a little bit all, you know, this guy might be fifth level. This guy might be, you know, halfway, you know, fourth level, halfway to fifth level. This guy might be barely into fourth level. And I don't think there was much more than a one or two level gap between deaths and the RPs. But it, it kind of made it for an also an, like an interesting party. Not only, you know, was everyone writing stuff, even people that claim they never would write stuff. You know, Brandon's like, I never write more than two paragraphs for a character ever. And he gave me like a four page RP because he wanted the XP. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I know at one point um, I had a character die and we we were keeping play individual player totals mm-hmm. on XPs. Right. And I was like, well, if I had an extra 100 XP, my character would come in at this level and instead he's going to be I think it was like if I had an extra 100 XP he'll come in at level 4 and instead as it is he's becoming he's coming in at level 3 so I'm like can I do some extra fluff just to bump up that extra 100 XP and make my character at level you know 4 instead of 3 which I got away with yep yeah so it made it for you know a very interesting game like everyone had tons of backstory everyone had tons of you know like role playing you know um material to pull from and i mean that game was you know the the level gaps were just again there was a lot of death going on in that game that was kind of a, my horror game but um but again it was, you know it was just it was fun seeing all the extra effort everyone was putting in just for that extra like oh i want another 300 experience i'm gonna write a four-pager role-playing right. thing tonight you know i never saw so you know so much freaking uh background stories and so many stories for pcs before you know just for a few hundred xp but it's an easy easy incentive and and it echoed on if you look at the next couple of campaigns after that we're still writing a ton of backstory. I I did a f- I did a three page story of one of my characters after they died and like their experience going into the afterlife for no other reason than hey I had this really cool idea I'm gonna write it up yeah yeah you know it's kind of one of those kind of concepts of like training or conditioning your players like you know you reinforce good behavior <laughs> right exactly um, now as far as adjusting XP. There are certainly times where you still want to give it out, um, but maybe they earned maybe a little more, maybe a little less. You know, um, there is a rule uh, that D&D likes to use is that if you encounter a creature, but you don't fight it or kill it, you should still get some experience, Um, which I can agree with to a level. You know, if you sneak past the thing that's like three CRs higher than your group. okay, sure. Maybe give them some experience for thinking, let's just sneak past this thing. But. Does it necessarily need to be full experience? You know, if it's a second level group sneaking past a troll, clearly that's the smart thing to do because that troll, even at a CR five, even even though they're a second level group, that troll is going to tear them up. None of them are going to have enough hit points to deal with a troll. I think their concept for a lot of D and D's concept is like it's not XP for killing the creature; it's XP for overcoming the situation that involves that creature. So, like if you have a fifth level party trying to get into this keep and it's guarded by a CR five creature, then they should get full experience if they go in full bore and kill the creature or if they sneak around the creature to get in or if they find another way in because the goal is get in past this creature and get inside however they handle it is however they handle it and fighting okay now they'd have to use spells and hp you know as resources to get in and 
if they're sneaking, there's that chance of failure. If they find another way, it's they're being creative. So you're still rewarding them for this is the problem. How do we resolve it? If it's an intelligent creature of some sort and they somehow use, you know, their social skills or some spells to charm their way past it. Yeah. Absolutely. I would give them full experience for it. You know what I yep. mean? Uh, you know, thinking around, you know, because again, because you're also encouraging the behavior of like not everything has to end in a fight. It's true. You know, so again, it depends on the situation and it depends on what you're trying to encourage them or what you want out of them. You know, if it's a hack and slash group and you just want them to go through and kill everything and they're talking their way past everything, you're like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, right. No experience for anyone. <laughs> uh, and then there's uh, a- adjusting, either reducing or inflating XP. Um, what do you think, like, if it's a group that, say, they say it is the CR, the, the, fifth level group and they go against a troll and they just get really great rolls and they just annihilate that sucker in like two rounds. It does hardly anything to them. Uh, I've seen in some instances or seen some thoughts around the idea of, well, maybe reduce the XP because it wasn't a challenge for them. I would lean against that personally, yeah. just because they got great roles. They didn't control those roles. It was luck. Right. They're going to have other fights. that should be easy and they roll poorly and they, it's really tough fight. Right. Um, yeah, that's exactly my thought. You know, if, if, if it's just because it's an easy fight this time doesn't mean the next time they run into a troll, they're not going to roll ones the whole time and have to struggle through the fight to win. You know what I mean? The only s- s- time that I would consider reducing XP is um, essentially if they're using metagaming to gain an unfair advantage. Right. So if they are like, oh, this thing is probably just a reskinned troll. Let's pour on the fire. And it was supposed to be kind of a puzzle fight where they figure that out eventually then I would consider it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. if they just found, if they were lucky and got past it, or if they found a clever way in game to make it an easier fight, then yeah, full XP. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, another thing might be where I might mod XP down would be if there's some sort of like, I can't really think of any specifics off the top of my head, but like if there's some sort of like, like golden gun or God weapon that you have somehow, that maybe you're supposed to use on a god, but you're like, you know what? Screw this minotaur. And you shoot him in the face with the special god killing arrow. Like, well, you have an ultimate weapon that one shots things. So like an arrow slaying. Yeah. You know, like, okay, well, whatever. You know what I mean? Here's half XP. Maybe, you know, the only, I guess a specific situation I can think of, and this was kind of my own fault was like in that first horror game that I did as I gave out these fate tokens. And not only was it an auto hit, but it was an auto crit. And everyone started with one, and some people just kind of used theirs up, and but some people hoarded them, and I ended up giving out one or two more throughout the game, depending on like what you know how they played, and you know as a, kind of like a reward, kind of like a pre-inspiration kind of concept. This is we were playing three point five, and one person hoarded up like two or three of them, and then blew them all on the big bad boss, and just like almost insta killed the boss in like two or three hits. And I was just kind of like, well, that was anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> Crap, I should have made them immune to fate tokens or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> or I used fate tokens to counter their fate tokens. Like, well, the Minotaur's got fate tokens too. <laughs> which would have been a, which in retrospect would have been a great way to handle it because it doesn't feel cheap. Yeah. Because, oh, I'm using my fate token. Okay, well, he's using his fate token to counter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he has fate tokens as well? Yeah. This, we know that he's powerful. You've built up that he's powerful, that he's dangerous. Now we know just how dangerous he yeah, is. Yeah, he's so powerful that he has PC level 
level abilities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was an idea that I came up with after the fact. Unfortunately, it was after the fact and not before the fact, and it could have been a way better fight than it turned out to be. <laughs> so I like uh, the idea of fate tokens. I know that Fifth has inspiration. I was played Which another another reward system. I played another system. They had something similar called uh, edges or edge points, where you basically you're only going to have like one or two, but it allows you to like get an auto success. It or, gives you the edge. Yeah, it gives you the edge. It gives you some sort of success or, or crit or or maybe you maybe you botch something and the result is you're going to fall off a 500 foot cliff. Yeah, you. Can I'm going to spend this part. edge yeah. token to succeed. You know. Right. Those are other cool rewards. You know, if your player already has one, you know, maybe give them a second one, you know, would be okay. But if they don't have any, then sure, you know, they do something interesting. Instead of giving that XP reward, you give them that sort of token or edge point or inspiration reward so that they have that that they can use. Right. Yeah. Fifth edition has the inspiration. And according to fifth edition rules, you only ever can have one at a time for a player. But My personal ruling is going to be, I think from now on, I'm going to let people hoard up to like three of them just because I wasn't giving them out very often because people were holding on to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if you, you know, if the whole table has one inspiration that they're hoarding forever, what's, you know, like, well, now I can't give any inspiration out, so they're not going to use it. So I'm not giving any out. So I'm not giving any out because they're not using them. You know what I mean? So it creates this, this cycle. Well, if they can have two or three, then I can give them out more often. They can see that I'm giving them out more often. They're more likely to use them more often. Yeah, I was thinking about actually trying to come up with an additional use for inspiration, mm-hmm. because even though we, I like 5th edition, we love it, it's the only version of D&D we've been playing, uh, the problem with inspiration is, yeah, it just doesn't get used. Uh, for anybody that's not familiar with 5th edition... At least in our groups. Other people might yeah, be using the hell out in, of it. In our group, it's not getting used. For those that aren't familiar with 5th edition, inspiration allows you to, prior to rolling a d20, gain advantage on that die roll. That is, you roll 2d20 and take whichever the higher is. Yeah. Um, and it can give other bonuses, like it allows a rogue to do a sneak attack, and there may be some other benefits that I'm not thinking of right off the top of my head. But anyway, and it cancels out disadvantage. I think in my monthly group, I've only seen a single point of inspiration used, and that was kind of in a desperation fight to allow the rogue to get his sneak attack in on something that needed to go down right now. Um, And other than that, they just, they're like, oh, I kind of want to save it for when it's important. Yeah, they want to save for a rainy day, but it's like, well, I should be handing these out multiple times per session, guys. Like, this is, this is my free reward to just hand out on a whim, and you guys are hoarding them. (laughs) So I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with another good way for players to use inspiration that will encourage them to use it more often so that they, I can hand out more, um, I haven't figured out a good a good system for that because I don't really want it to be like, oh, get an extra D whatever on your attack, on your damage, because then they'll just be, oh, and now I'm going to, can I spend three inspiration to just make this really damaging attack? Yeah, my thought is, again, because I'm going to start allowing people to, um, or players to hoard up to three of them at a time, again, allowing me to give them out more often is... If you didn't already, like, I don't know, I'm still toying with the idea. I have to play test it, but maybe like normally it's before making the roll, spend one, get the extra, you know, get advantage. Maybe after making a botched roll, you can spend two to make it a success. You know what I mean? Like you're burning two off, but at least it's not, you know, it's a success. You could just change the initial rule of it and say, yeah, you can use it to get, you know, advantage on a roll or to get rid of disadvantage on a roll. You know, or you can also use it in the case of maybe you botch something or maybe an enemy crits on you. Why not? Use an inspiration to turn that into just a regular hit. 
You know, uh, you know, some you some could, classes are going to have an ability yeah. similar to that. Like you the, could kind of tweak the the kind of like how the, the luck feat works. The luck yeah. feat you can actually roll after the fact, or you can, or the I think you can use it against an opponent, right? I'm I'm not 100 sure, sure on can. that. Oh wait, I know the I, I know the diviner the wizard. Diviner. Yeah, I was gonna say you that get that to roll d20s thinking. ahead of time, and you can swap those 20s out for yeah. other rolls for any other d20. That's roll, what I was yeah. thinking as the diviner. So yeah, I mean that would be kind of like another one too. Where okay, well instead of spending an inspiration to give myself advantage, I'm going to spend an inspiration to give him disadvantage. Right. You know that could be another one. That's not broken in my opinion. But again, you'd have to play test it to see how it works. If you have a whole table and everyone's got three inspiration hoarded up, and all of a sudden every roll the boss is making is at disadvantage, and once again you have God damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd say certainly maybe think of either I would start with making the actual thing have more variety and more things that it can do and see if that gets used more. And if it does, that answers your problem if people are willing to use inspiration at least you know once per uh game session then perfect so now you can just start handing out inspiration after they've used it no no problem my immediate concern with now he has disadvantage is big boss save or die with disadvantage well i mean you can also again like we just came up with the idea you know the the minotaur of like him having advantage you know him having inspiration to counter your disadvantage you know because again advantage and disadvantage cancel each other out so and and besides in in uh fifth edition you have legendary saves as well and i was just gonna say and like there's also legendary saves which you might not be playing a creature that automatically has that but you're the dm you can give it to whoever you want to have them so i automatically fail three per day i mean if i succeed three per day whatever and you don't have to choose to use it until after you've rolled. Right, exactly. I rolled. Oh, I failed. No, I didn't. I'm a dragon bitch. <laughs> and a thing that you could give to your players, which again would make your, your characters more powerful, but maybe give them like once per session, just, you know, since we're on that idea or once per day, you can use exploding dice. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's one where like yeah, you're not. Yeah, exactly. You you know, add some diamond manipulation like that. You know, like the 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 plane jumping game that I did with you guys where I made you all like basically demigods. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, you know, exploding dice is one of those like it's it's an out of game thing. You can add it to and, you know, whether it's a melee attack, range attack, spell, whatever, no matter what your character does, you can instantly up their effectiveness by offering them exploding dice. Yeah. Regardless of what kind of dice they're rolling or what kind of, you know, attacks or special powers they have. Exactly. Exploding dice would be nice. Jerry, you perked up. You gave me a great idea that I got to make sure to write down. I think I have an idea of what I could use inspiration for for players to use it for. Dice upgrades. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna attack with my longsword, which is normally a D8 damage, but I really want to hurt him, so I'm spending an inspiration point to upgrade it to a D10 okay. for this one attack. Well, sure, sure. I think that's something that players would really use, you know. And now, oh, you're attacking with a with a D6. Now it becomes a D8. I'm totally like having like this anime moment in my head where like the the guy the the hero gets like super pumped and like he's attacking with a regular katana but you see like that energy ghostly image of like a super diclave like popping up around the dude just like ah! yeah I think I would limit it to either either limit it to one inspiration point you know one upgrade you can only upgrade a die once or, or definitely cap it at like you know D twelve ten upgrades to D twelve, but that's as far as it goes. Or you could do it to just add a die to the pool. No way! I told you I want to roll a D hundred for damage. Well, because yeah, that's like you're doing more. Okay, well, I want to roll a D one hundred for damage. You want to roll a D one hundred for damage with your dagger? Yeah. <laughs>
but it could be like okay well normally i roll like a d to have four with my dagger would you i mean instead of adding spending an inspiration upgrade to a d6 maybe spend an inspiration to add another d you know another d4 because that kind of almost makes it into okay so spend an inspiration to crit yeah, but At I mean, least but that's, well, I mean, but it depends on like, if you're using a great sword, if you were to crit, you would be adding 2d6 to your 2d6, right. you know what I mean? Instead of 1d6. I mean, I'm just, just throwing the idea out there. I mean, and, and again, this is something that I'd need to work on, need to, mm-hmm. to play test. Cause again, you know, if they are attacking with a great sword and they want, and I want to do the die upgrade and they spend it in inspiration, do they roll? Normally they'd roll 2d6. Do they roll 1d8 plus 1d6 or do they roll 2d8 or you could make it a flat bonus instead of upgrading a dice you'd be like okay you can spend an inspiration to add plus five to your damage or an inspiration to add your uh, ability modifier or your character level your character level is going to go up more than your ability modifiers are and that will keep that will keep improving scale yeah exactly and scale so it's always relevant at level one it's only a plus one that's that's fair at level 20 plus one means nothing but plus 20 means something right So, you know, you can you know, spend one inspiration to add your character level to, you know, your effective character level to your damage pool. Yeah. I think there that would scale well. Yeah, there are certainly ways to modify that to maybe make that something that, uh, you know, if, if at home, listeners, if at home, if your groups really aren't using inspiration much either, uh, or those sorts of things, uh, luck or uh, edge points or whatever, you know, find ways to make them use them more so that way you can... Uh, Maybe give those out as rewards. And more importantly than that, I think, let us know if it works. Yes, definitely. We'd love to know that. I think another way you can show or like just to help teach your players to use inspiration is to throw an NPC at them that yeah. takes advantage of inspiration themselves. Like I specifically have a diviner with the luck feet that also I allow to have inspiration. So they have a lot of dice manipulation on their side. Are they a so, halfling? No, <laughs> that Half, halfling also a, has one. Yeah, I know. Um, they're actually a mind flare. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, a mind flare diviner wizard with the luck feet. Yes, um, <laughs> I'm a sick bastard. So, but yeah, I mean, if they can see the dice manipulation against them, they're like, wait a second, maybe I should be using inspiration more often. Yeah. This guy's doing it and whooping my butt. So it's just an idea. I mean, it doesn't have to be someone over the top. You know, it doesn't have to be someone that's also a diviner and or using the luck feet. But just throw an NPC out there that has, you know, like, well, you know what? You know, and be, make sure you're verbal about it so they understand, like, okay, well, he's going to burn an inspiration point so he has advantage on this attack against you. W- wait, what? <laughs> he can just give himself an uh, advantage like that? Well, he he's burning an inspiration point. He's using an inspiration point. You've had one for the last five yeah, sessions. You, <laughs> could, you can just give yourself, you know, advantage at any time also. You just have to choose to. Yeah, I'm also, because I know that my party's going to be coming up against some difficult situations. So it's going to be like, oh, you're fighting an uphill battle. Now the archer is going to have to shoot. Well, you're shooting uphill. That's disadvantage. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to spend an inspiration point, you can cancel that out, make it a straight roll. Yep, exactly. You know, kind of give them some options there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And also maybe put in some high stake stuff where like, hmm, it'd be really good to have advantage now, wouldn't it? Oh, wait, you have some inspiration you're sitting on. <laughs> wink, wink, hang hint. If you want to make that contested athletics check to not get pushed over the cliff, maybe advantage would be a pretty good idea this right now. This might be a good time to not die. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
And nobody ever wants their players to die. Well, sometimes they want them to die. <laughs> this is trying to, to, when they do the stuff that makes them not die, how to make it better. So, yeah, any thoughts or comments that you have on rewarding your players? Any cool rewards you've come up with that players have reacted to well? Definitely let us know. Uh, give us some ideas. You know, we'd like to get ideas from you as you get ideas and tips from us. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, like, comment, subscribe, ask questions. We've had a couple of people that have asked for some tips on their on running their games specifically. We've helped them out. Uh, we have some good conversations with a couple of people going on on Twitter. We are GMS Studios. And, of course, we have our message boards, which you can interact with us or other people who listen to the podcast. And the message boards are GameMasterStudio.ProBoards.com. We are back with new information every week, and I believe next week we are going to be discussing the in-game rewards that you can give to your players. Um, so, you know, money, respect, power, and everything else that they desire. Come back and see us when we've got that going on, and we'll see you the next time we're in the studio.